You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Nobody knows what this what this insane man is. <laughs> <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football bring you the latest in CFL news and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty. Ty, how was your May long weekend? Um, I found out how old I really am. Well. And, I mean... <laughs> I could barely move by Friday morning. And then uh, Saturday, I developed like an inner ear infection and a, speech imped- and a speech impediment and like a little bit of a stomach issue. Too much beer uh, or what? Died. <laughs> I was helping a mutual friend move and I stayed sober as long as I could. And once all the moving and driving was done, I got among it. And it was the ending wasn't great. Yeah, it happens when you uh, hydrate with other things other than water. (laughs) I didn't have a water. (laughs) Man, I'm realizing how difficult it is to one morning wake up on the shores of Two Jack Lake in Banff National Park (laughs) and then the next morning waking up in Blackfold. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I like the community. Well, but... and, and your dirt field <laughs> in your condo complexes. Yeah, we won't just... go there. <laughs> <laughs> My property value is just through the roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this episode of Two It Out was is brought to you by ATB. And ATB is built to help Alberta businesses from CEBA applications to lending information, debt consolidation loans, or deferrals. Whatever your business is facing right now, ATB is here to help with expert advice. And with today's economy top of mind in business, stay up to date with the Future of podcast hosted by ATB's chief economist, Todd Hirsch. To learn more, visit ATB.com. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. All right, Ty, in a, in a perfect world, we would be talking about training camp and a preseason game between the Riders and the Bombers, but of course, it's not a perfect world. And it's actually really difficult to talk about training camp without talking about all of the drama that's gone on over the past couple of weeks. This is this is high school all over again. It's been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, look, I, I don't like taking sides when it comes to this stuff, but late last Wednesday, there was a, a tentative agreement announced be- between the players and the league. And that was between the, the leadership of the union, like the bargaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, so the, not the players as a whole. That's where this whole thing got convoluted. So of course it was it wasn't ratified it, it it did temporarily at least bring an end to the first CFL player strike in almost 50 years 
uh, some highlights from this deal, an increase to salary cap, uh, revenue sharing, and access to all revenues, including the Grey Cup and the ability to audit those numbers. Five years of medical benefits by year three of this seven-year deal. The uh, ability to negotiate up to 50% on third year of a three-year deal. Man, and and I, I think one of the good things here was that the deal would end 30 days before training camp instead of like the last few years where the CBA would end on the day of uh, training camp. So overall, it looked like a pretty positive step for the players. And people were very happy and surprised that the players were able to get this. But there was one sticking point, and I didn't mention it. It was was the ratio. And it would have eight starting Canadians. Of course, right now, it's seven. But in this new updated CBA, one of those Canadians would be a nationalized American, which would be an American player that has played at least three years with the same team or five in the CFL altogether. And then three other nationalized Americans could play up to 49% of all snaps on offense or defense. And I think this is where this is where things went south and it maybe brings up a bigger conversation. There's always been sort of a divide in CFL locker rooms because I think there's American coaches and American players that look at the Canadian players and say, you're only here because you're Canadian. You get paid more than me because you're Canadian. Hmm. Man, it, it creates such divide. And it appears that the Canadian players led the charge to vote this down We know now that this deal was not ratified. We also know, according to Simone Lawrence, that (laughs) almost a third of the league didn't even bother voting on this deal, which is crazy to me. (laughs) If you're going to be in a, if if you're going to be part of a union, yeah, and and not vote on what it is that is going to allow you to have a job, I don't get it. That's on you. That's not my problem. I 100% don't get how that many players could just not vote. How is it not mandated? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like uh, the biggest deal. Like it takes that much time out of your day to vote, you know, yay or nay or whatever. Send send a text. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but Unless it's to Travis because then he'll get back to you three days later. But... It also brings up the conversation of the the ratio in general. And uh, I I actually had this conversation with my wife yesterday. I, I, I do feel that it is important to protect Canadian jobs in the CFL because you do have, and players will say the bias with the American coaches is just the way it is. Um, But also, these players grow up hoping to have their name on the Grey Cup. A lot of them, like I don't, I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. There aren't many <laughs> players from Florida or Texas that dream of playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. <laughs> I, I bet you there is zero. I bet you there's people in Winnipeg that don't even want to play for the Blue Bombers. <laughs> and there are American players that come up and live in their community all year long. They stay in Canada afterwards, but. 
with the Canadian players, I think you're almost guaranteed that they're going to be staying in Canada yeah. after. So I'm, and and then it just brought on the wrinkle of the 49% of snaps. Like it just seemed way too complicated already. Well, is that 49 like throughout the game or is that calculated at the end? Yeah. Because if it's at the end, how, how are you going to, how do you, how do you police that? Oh, they had, it was 52%. Fine them. I know. Big deal. Chris Jones is going to pay that fine every week if it means W's. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it opened it up uh, to manipulation and gray mm-hmm. areas and all sorts of things. So here's where we are, you know, Monday of May long, where <laughs> all of a sudden we don't we were, have We were going to record. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were going to, and it was like, uh, the Elks haven't voted yet? Yeah. It was like, what? Which was five days after the tentative deal, and they still hadn't voted. Right? Because Chris Jones does not care. <laughs> like, um, like, we thought it was done, and then you read more, and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't the players that said yes. It was their, yeah, like, just the, yeah. rep- the representatives that said that tentatively agreed without, I mean, so, yeah, it looked good to them. We saw the same thing in Major League Baseball, where all 12 yeah. of the leadership council voted no. And the rest of the players are like, yes, we need to get back to playing ball. So the opposite of what we just saw yeah. in the CFL. Yeah. As far as I understand, this is the first time that the leadership committee has ever agreed to a tentative deal. And then the rest mm-hmm. of the players said no. Yeah. So this is – it's really unprecedented. Um, and, and here now- we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you the, saw the tweet that came out like an hour ago. What, what did it say? Because uh, I'm, I am i don't even know if we should record. <laughs> this well, is complicated because things are changing. I'm going to pull it up because this is. Minutes. So this was two hours ago. Randy Ambrosi said if the PA rejects a new proposal, training camps will shut down. League will no longer house and feed players as they had to do during a four-day work stop. Yeah, yeah. So what does that mean? The deal's getting done. Because the players are now back into a corner. So that that's a very good point. Now the players don't have that any leverage. Yeah, they have that, nothing. That security. So I I do think, and I, and I realize there are some Canadian players worried about losing the ratio, and everybody seems to have a supercharged opinion on this. It, it's such a if, you Hot know button topic. I, I want to see the best players play, and then some people figure if if we'll just become an American league. If we lose the Canadian, like it's just so it's so supercharged right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's a good point. The the players, it appears to me had a good deal on the table. Um, One of the best deals they've had in several years, decades, maybe. And they voted it down. And with preseason games, you know, 72 hours away, well, we already lost one. Well, it was rescheduled. Or I guess, yeah. To, but yeah, I think these one. ones, <laughs> there's no rescheduling these if they get no. lost. I, I think no. they're gone. So but that. David Beard with the Elks, he's their player rep. He said it's business as usual. Yeah. They are they are in camp treating it as if they are playing the Bombers this week. Um, just because I, they have to. They have to. Uh, and I think that's because they know their back. They know that their back's against the wall. If they don't accept this, 
guys are going to have to go home. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not going to be able to, to stay here. We know that the coaches, they're kind of like in the middle of all, they're like, what do we do? <laughs> they, like when the strike happened, I don't think they could be involved with the yeah. players, right? Yeah. Like if the players wanted to practice, they totally could. They would just have to run their own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we did see that. And, and workouts and all that stuff. But yeah, the coaches are kind of in no man's land. Like, yeah, they're, they're technically admin, but they're such a big part of a football team. Like it, it's, they're kind of caught in the middle. And with this whole, you know, work stoppage with seven of the nine teams, the Elks and the Stampeders, mm-hmm. they get a little bit of a competitive head start here. But these these preseason games are vital to evaluating talent. Training camp yep. short, so when you lose yep. days <laughs> and possibly lose games, the, those players are losing an opportunity to earn a roster spot. But then the league is losing. Yeah, have to. But Chris re- Jones is giving Taylor Cornelius like the majority of first team reps. So what does it even matter? And the the uh, the league, the owners would have to refund all that season ticket money for the preseason. So. The the league did come back pretty quickly, but now they're pulling back on a few things because, yep. like Ty said, they the players really they, don't have much leverage here. The, the league knows they can start pulling stuff out of this CBA that's going to save them money. Yeah, because they know that if the players want to make anything, get any money from the owners, that they're going to just have to accept it and could be hell for seven years. And let's also remember veterans don't give a damn about setting it up for future players. They do not care. They are there to get their paycheck. Their, their career could be over tomorrow. They want to make the most, they want to make the most money as fast as possible. I, I don't care about the kid who was drafted in the second round. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm a 10 year vet, like my career could be over tomorrow. I gotta make all the money I can. As mm-hmm. fast as I can. So I, the the ratio was a sticking point here, and also I guess there was some ratification bonus that was in the original deal. I think but, that's gone now. But then then pulled back from the the tentative deal, and now the the, the players wanted it back in. So mm-hmm. this this is what Dave Naylor had to say. Uh, the latest proposal. This is the most recent proposal. Is provides, he actually on time this time? <laughs> uh, provides a one million dollar ratification bonus to players, but removes four hundred and fifty k from the cap and some guarantees in twenty twenty eight. But that may not be affected if the revenue sharing kicks in, and they also. Propose moving back the ratio model of six true Canadians. So right now it's seven true Canadians. It would then be six true Canadians and one naturalized American. That is from the May 14th proposal, and that would go back in now. So they've kind of pulled back a little bit and I, as far as I see the deadline for this one is Thursday at midnight Eastern if it doesn't get signed who knows what happens after that it, if it doesn't get signed now the owners just say well you're locked out yeah and, yeah. and then it's, this has been let's be honest though they've had I don't know why they wait so freaking long oh yeah it's uh this is on both sides. Both sides could have came to the table. 
as far as I understand it, the players have wanted to meet, but I think waiting that close to training camp gives the, the owners, owners all yeah. of the leverage. Yeah. And the, and the players called him on it this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, if this goes through, it'll be a seven year deal and we don't have to worry about this until seven max five minimum. Uh, I think that's when the TSN deal expires and the players mm-hmm. have the ability to opt out. If Which this they 100% would. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here, man. This, <laughs> I mean, this is a critical off season for the league. Players right now, they have a lot of options. There's the USFL. There's the XFL. Uh, within the last week, uh, they made the announcement that all the games are going to be on ESPN. But we've seen this before, where spring football leagues in the States say, oh, we've got three years of finances. We're able to absorb losses for five years. And then six weeks into the season, they pull the plug. Then so, they realize how expensive stuff is. Yeah, there was Liam Dobson, a, a first-round pick for the Bombers in 2021, could not get a work visa to go to the USFL because the revenues weren't high enough to get that visa. <laughs> So that shows you the revenues right now Mm -hmm. in that league. At least I think it looks like that to me. I I think another question here, and I I see this, and I know where Ty is going to land on this, so I just got to bring it up. There's a lot of fans taking this personally, and I I just, I don't, I don't understand it. This collective bargaining stuff, it's a selfish exercise, Mm-hmm. The players looking out for themselves, the league looking out for themselves, and the fans are kind of on the outside. And they, they want, oh, please, please me. I need football to watch. So that's just not how it goes. <laughs> I couldn't care less about how fans feel about all this stuff. I don't want to take sides. I, I, I Of course, oh, I want there to be football. But to say I'm never going to watch a game or never going to give the league another dime because of this, I... I can't say that. Yeah, then, like, you say stuff like that, like when I quit golf last season. <laughs> That's true. When you when you are irrational and emotional. There have been times this season where you have said, I'm not watching another Oiler game until <laughs> Ken Holland is gone. Yeah. <laughs> I also said I'm done with the Jays, and I haven't watched a game since because the umps in the major, in major league are terrible. <laughs> so we all say emotional things, and yeah. maybe that's what it is. And that's and, being a fan. Yeah, and not only that, if you say that and you mean it and you carry through, you weren't really a fan in the first place. It seems weird. It, <laughs> it's, just, and, it's literally people on Twitter looking for attention. Yeah. yeah. And likes. It's, it's to get validation. It is a and very... I just roll my eyes and block or mute them. <laughs> it's been a tough few years. Yeah. And the CFL cannot afford to have Dude. another shortened season. So, and, and I think that's why fans are upset. It's been three yeah. years of, of mess after mess. But yeah. I mean, they're trying to look out for themselves here. That's what it's been for the last two yeah. and a half years. It's just been one mess after another. I mean, look at Alberta right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, it's get over yourselves. Like, it's it's stupid. It, it's irrational. It's emo. It is pure emotion. And yeah, that's great. Get it out. 
but I, I'm I'm not giving it the time of day on social media because they're full. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about some training camp news and assume there's going to be some preseason games this weekend. We'll go to the Edmonton Elks right now. As soon as Chris Jones is back in the league, he creates news. and I, I love it. But the Elks have unveiled new uniforms. I think overall they look pretty sharp. Um, but not having the green and gold, like the gold numbers. It's weird. It was weird. It looks too green bay to me. That, yeah, 100%. That, for me. And uh, apparently... You all know how I feel about the Packers. <laughs> this this is Victor Kui, the uh, president of the team, confirmed it on Twitter that the previous regime bought thousands and thousands yeah. of white numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and so all those people bitching and moaning about them. But yet on the other hand, bitch and moan that you know they should just sign and play because they need the money. Well, these are already bought. Yeah, yeah. Like, they got to use them. Either throw them out, which doesn't sound very smart. You're not going to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> or use them. It, it appears yeah. that the Elks are committed to going back to green and gold once once they can. Uh, we're now down to five quarterbacks at Elks training camp after Cardale Jones got released. You mentioned Taylor Cornelius, but from what I see... Nick Arbuckle's performing the best out of the group. Yeah, like he, everything I've read is that he's been in the most control in the huddle, uh, you know, on and off the field, the most prepared. I mean, like that is just that he's not getting that first team reps. And I think maybe Chris Jones is looking at, not necessarily looking at Cornelius as a starter, but getting him as many reps as possible. Unless something does happen to Arbuckle. Who, I think Arbuckle, not technically an incumbent, but he's already paid starters money. I think he's starting week one when, when we get there. Um, I think he wants Cornelius as prepared as possible. Putting the pressure on is, but I mean, anyway. Yeah, but and I think that's what it is. I think he's putting pressure on him and getting him as many reps to see what he's got and getting the most prepared. But it's Chris Jones at the same time, which it's going to create news. And, and maybe Cornelius sees time, you know, maybe not quite so much like a Strevler, uh Calaro situation, but – I, nobody knows what this what this insane man in him. <laughs> Brazilian ties twenty twenty one MOC pick has been released by the Edmonton Elks. Devon Smith. I was quit- so high on the Elks last year. It was I think a lot of people were. <laughs> like, I was as high on the Elks as I was on Robaxa set on Saturday May long. <laughs> Smith. Uh, a lot of people are high on, and he's already landed a job with uh, Ottawa, who's yeah. a completely rebuilt team, so good for him. Safety Jordan Hoover, released by the Elks, and then he signed with BC, basically instantly released. I guess he failed his physical, so he's got he's got some issues going on there. Um, but the QB battle, I think, continues to be the biggest story out of Edmonton. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's probably going to be one of those things that we don't know until week one. We don't, quote, yeah. unquote, know. Yeah. But we know. Yeah. Arbuckle starting week one with un- something w- without unforeseen circumstances. In BC, Micah Awe is back into the fold. That makes it uh, Bo Lacumbo and Micah Awe and their linebacking core. <laughs> Uh, I am not. I am not going over the middle. But well, that's the thing. If if BC's defensive line is uh, 
<laughs> not going to be able to do the job, yeah. then uh, rely on those linebackers and, and they'll make you pay, I guess. Yeah, like, if they were in the NHL, they'd, it'd be bittery. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be suspended for life. <laughs> and they're not even dirty. They just hit that hard. It, it's two minutes for being stronger than the other guy. <laughs> but like these, like it, they punish people. Punish. Jamel Lyles has been released at running back, so I'll be looking to see if James Butler will be the lead back out of camp again, or if the Lions will even bother running the ball like we saw at times last year. Why? Don't they need a running game to support the young quarterbacks, you'd think? I mean, we say that all the time, and, and cliches exist for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But there's always an exception. Yeah. But I, I think if they if they're gonna average twenty five yards on the ground a game, they're gonna yeah. find themselves on the outside looking in again. I think so. Good news for the Calgary Stampeders. This was last week. Bo Levi Mitchell says he's been throwing pain free for several months, but a lot of people seem to be writing off Calgary mm-hmm. due to the younger offensive line. Uh I think the only veteran they have over thirty is Derek Dennis back in the fold in in red and white. The other guys, they're quite young, but they do have some Potential. players that have played in Calgary due to injury. Yeah. I think writing off Dickinson, Huffnagel, and company might be a bit of a fool's errand. Yeah, that's no, that, that's not something <laughs> I want to do. Uh, I've been burned by this, not not necessarily by the by the uh, stamps, but I've been burned enough writing off teams. Uh, namely in 2015, to uh, (laughs) let's wait and see. Yeah, yeah. Bagleton and Kamar Jordan from the start of the season, I think that'll be big in Calgary. And and I think this is going to be another one of those seasons for the Stampeders where, you know, we're getting to week 10, 11, 12. It's like, well, they got to lose at some point. Could be. If Bo's healthy again, and it sounds like he's at 100%, you've got – those two guys and, and this O line kind of gels quick, and, and like you said, guys have played. I, it's, this is going to be another. How many games are they going? Because yes. they could they could be up there, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. The competition in Saskatchewan for the most popular player in the province, which of course is the backup quarterback. Backup quarterback. <laughs> that one's God, heating up. People are the worst. <laughs> Mason Fine or Jake Dolagala, six foot seven quarterback. Yeah, you like to see uh, those guys. Not really prototypical CFL quarterback, nope. but. You know, a, a second and short and a third and short. It, it did see that uh, the league maybe wanted to have the three quarterback uh, back on the game day mm-hmm. roster. If you got a six foot seven guy back there, how are you going to start a third and in inches? <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly think it'll be fine just because he's. Yeah, kind of been he was there. there. Yeah, yeah. But. I mean, six, seven, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, uh, I want to see if Jamal Morrow will solidify his spot as the starting running back in Saskatchewan. It appears that Shaq Cooper has been uh, impressing with his speed and his receiving ability. That will add some more options for Cody Fajardo in this Grey Cup year in Regina. 
I did mention uh, optimism for Liam Dobson, the young offensive lineman in Winnipeg. They just another offensive lineman with the potential to be in that long line of great offensive linemen over the past three, four, five seasons in Winnipeg. It's not a mistake that they've been as good as they have been because of that offensive line. Yeah, 100%. Keep Carlos healthy, and they'll be right back in the hunt for a possible three-peat. Tampa Bay. Um, Yeah. Yes, that offensive line. I mean, we talk about Calgary and just the model of consistency they've been. We can't talk about them without bringing up the Blue Bombers. Well, Winnipeg kind of copied the Calgary uh, formula, right? You cannot blame them. Um, yeah, best offensive, one of the best, top two offensive lines, seems year in, year out in the last five, six years. They had Andrew Harris, so if there was any warts, we didn't see them. Mm-hmm. And then when he was out, you have Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine come in, and I mean, the rushing yards aren't quite there, but the offensive line play, I mean, you see it, 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 it was it was almost perfect. Johnny Augustine seems like he's been working with the ones. Yeah. Is this going to be one of those? I think they're going to committee things. I think they're tandem. They might. Yeah. Which I mean, it takes, it, it keeps miles off of guys. Um, As long as it doesn't become one's a receiving back. One is down a pound guy because it it becomes really easy to to coordinate defensively against that. Uh, But I mean, if they can both kind of do each thing, this offensive line keeps Carlos healthy, which, I mean, four years ago we thought he was done and yeah. made us look like idiots. I mean, you know, he's the highest paid guy in the league. Like, And I think a lot of it has to, probably 90% of it has to do with that offensive line because he doesn't get that protection on, on any other roster he's ever on. Greg Ellingson is in Winnipeg now. Uh, last year, bit of a down year. It was the shortened season and – Nothing really went right in Edmonton, <laughs> but uh, Ellingson played with Kalaros back in 2013 and 2014 before Ellingson became the perennial 1,000-yard guy he did in Ottawa. Will he be back into oh, the four so digits are you in saying, Winnipeg? Are you saying that Henry Burris turned his career, turned Greg Ellingson's <laughs> career in? We can't say that. No? No. Because we, we can't grow Smiling Hank's ego even more. <laughs> it won't fit in the studio. <laughs> Let's go uh, to to Hamilton, who have faced the Bombers in the in the past couple Grey Cups here. They were there for one of them. Yeah. They played yeah. one. <laughs> Left tackle continues to be a spot to watch in Tiger Town, and I know they were watching it um, all last year. It, it kind of just came together as the season went on. Is there a possibility that they go – they only have four American offensive linemen in training camp. Uh, they could go all Canadian, but it seems like minimum four Canadians. Yeah on the offensive line, but left tackle will be a spot to watch in Hamilton. Jalen Acklin, Brandon Banks gone. That is a lot of offensive production in the receiving core. Moving on. Banks, who's going to fill so, those yards? I mean, who who filled Banks' yards last year? 
Oh, they, they were really spread out. Tim White yeah. had a good like, uh, good season. I mean, Lamar Durant is now in Hamilton. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think it'll be a different kind of offense. It's not going to be you know get that get the ball to banks wherever you can on the field. Yeah, it, I, I still think the offense production can be there with that receiving core. It's just going to be a different type of production. It's going to be a different play type. Yeah, than we'll, it was with Speedy B. We'll see if Stephen Dunbar has another or builds on his success from last year, but I think without a doubt, they need Braylon Addison to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, all year, not, yeah. you can't just be back and then hurt again. Like he's got, they got to find a way to keep him healthy. And if that means maybe he doesn't play every, every snap, maybe like, you know, how you stretch out pitchers in spring training, maybe they need to do that, you know, in the first couple of weeks of the season. Let's go to Toronto where speedy B and Andrew Harris are now they've played against each other Yep. In the past few Grey Cups. Now they are teammates in Toronto. How fun is Labor Day going to be? Th- that's going to be a blast. Yeah, nightmare. Are these two players going to be anywhere near their past production? I I don't see how Andrew Harris isn't. For obvious reasons. <laughs> Speedy I don't know. Speedy, uh, Brian Banks, I don't know if... I don't want to say he's done. Uh, I don't know if. I mean, he is. He can still be a number one option. Yeah. Um, I don't think you want to build a game plan completely around him, like you see with when he was, like you know, the last couple of years right. before yeah. before the shortened season in Hamilton. Uh, but I mean, I think you know if he's a number two, number three option. He's still got a really good receiving core. Yeah. I mean, of course. And I, I'm i liking to see here, I think Andrew Harris kind of played the mentor role with Brady Oliveira over the past uh, mm-hmm. few seasons. And he's going to be doing that in Toronto as well with their new draft pick, Dan Adabobye. I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this guy. This guy grew up idolizing Andrew Harris. He's grown up, and with DJ Foster gone, I mean AJ Ouellette is probably going to get some carries or this a fullback year. role. It seems but, like for that. at yeah, times. Yep, yeah. they've got some. They've got uh, a future at running back as long as everything goes according yeah. to plan. It doesn't always go uh, according to plan in football, <laughs> so I'll be watching that in Toronto, <laughs> Montreal. I think the entire defense. There's a lot of new faces there. And with that being said, they've been able to stay pretty consistent on offense with Vernon mm-hmm. Adams Jr. and Eugene Lewis and Jake Winicky. They will be able to, and I mean, William Stanback and running back. As long as I think they want Vernon Adams to stay healthy, they've mm-hmm. got Trevor Harris as a backup now. The East is really interesting this season, but I think Montreal's defense, that might be a position of weakness for that Alouette's team. We thought that, you know, in 2019. We thought that uh, in 2021. It wasn't a strong point, but, it, I mean, it was way better, way better than we, we thought it would even come close to. That's true. That's true. They were playing fast to the ball, and I, yeah. I, I think – Ottawa, I, they're they're another team that uh, 
They made so many changes, and I think yeah. Toronto has got to be a wait and see. Like, I mean, it's such a big turnover that you can't really predict what is going to happen. Like, there's just so much communication on both sides of the ball. Everybody being new, yeah, it's just going to be. We got to see what happens because they could come out flying and be unreal, and then you know, week two, three, four, kind of falls apart. Toronto was that team last year, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, in a way, it worked out. They uh, they made it to they hosted the East final. They did lose, but the Eastern Division was really sort of inconsistent throughout the season, and it seems like it's kind of been that way for the past few. Where there's you know one runaway team and then the rest, <laughs> and a possible crossover team. It doesn't look like that. That's going to be the case this year. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know if we're going to even have the threat of a crossover. I don't either way. I don't think so. So Jeremiah Mazzoli in Ottawa can he lead them back to the playoffs? I, I honestly don't. He he absolutely could. We've seen him do it uh, in Hamilton. I just don't think that you know with the big turnover they've had and all the new faces. I just, I, I think this is kind of a the rebuild is kind of not. I don't, I don't want to say done. But they've rebuilt that roster. Now it's a year to build, and then next year, you know, they've got to figure out. They'll they'll find out what pieces they need and and get them. They do have a new look offensive line. A lot of uh, veteran faces there, and some camp news from Ottawa it appears. Kwaku Boateng may have left with a serious leg injury on Monday. That's mm-hmm. not good for Canadian talent. Uh, R.J. Harris, Randy Richards haven't arrived yet. They're on the suspended list. R.J. Harris, I guess, had some problems at the border. But overall, it's been uh, – we, we should have had over a week to talk about training camp. We've had uh, about half a week, unless you're talking about the uh, Alberta teams. Yeah. And all of the CBA stuff is uh, overshadowing what has gone on on the field Hopefully this gets figured out in the near future. Fingers are crossed, and we'll I, just be talking I mean, about games. If there is, if there is a blessing in disguise here, or you know something we can look at the positive of, it's that right now, as it stands, we're not getting up at five thirty a.m. on Wednesdays. Yeah, that is nice. for now. For now. <laughs> and part of me wonders if they thought they could have. Uh, I don't know what it's like in Eastern Canada. I, I honestly, I don't know if they care about the Oilers and the Flames, but a lot of this drama in Alberta can be under the radar a little bit as uh, mm-hmm. those two teams kind of beat each other up. And I mean, any press conference that Daryl Sutter is a part of, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching. More Daryl Sutter, please. I, I would love and, if that guy was on a, a panel when when he's done coaching. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be able to. It would be the shortest gotta, segment. Got to put the got to put the crop in. <laughs> but so, like speaking of that series, like an eight thirty start on a Friday night of a long weekend in Calgary. That crowd was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Is Labor Day weekend in Saskatchewan not pushed back two hours this year? It's four? at four now, and people aren't going to start pregaming later. No. They're going to pregame at the same time, and it's going to be a zoo. And I think that's what they want. I think over the last few years, Bomber fans have kind of stopped making the trip a little bit. They got tired of losing, but now they've got two great cup titles. 
Yeah. They're a different team. I would like to see more Bomber fans uh, heading to Regina because that just adds yeah. to the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, just butts and seats. I, I don't care who they are. Yeah. Butts just a butt. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking about making a joke, but you're just going to leave it. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power in I need Alberta. Two seats. For the twins. <laughs> in Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power is low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you're helping to give back to your communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, here we are. I mean, it's crunch time for the CBA garbage. Hopefully, it's the last show we have to talk about it in any great length for half a decade at minimum. (laughs) Until somebody screws something up. Yep, and hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about what we've seen in uh, the few preseason games we've had access to watch. Uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. I'm Travis Curra for Brazilian Thai. Have a decent day. I don't think you'd wish you'd have a good day, but have a mediocre, decent day. <laughs> mediocre to average. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.